Hello and welcome to another episode of the International Youth Arts Festival podcast. Uh, today, on today's episode, we'll speak to comedian Simon Kane, who's at the festival with his show, and I'll let him introduce himself and talk a little bit about his show that's co- show that's coming. Hi, hi John. You're right. Yeah. Um, my name's Simon. Uh, I'm a comedian. And uh, I'm going to be doing the IYF Festival for the second year in Nobu. Um I'm on the 14th uh, of July, Sunday, 14th of July at 7 p.m. I think I think I'm the last show of the festival, is what I got told. Yeah, so, I think uh, I think so. I think there might be a couple of bits at the same time, but I think I think they might start before you started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. No. No pressure. I'm closing the festival, so no pressure. No. Uh, but it would be good to not have an empty room for the last show. Um, I, um, oh, beg your pardon. Sorry. So I thought you said something. There's a there's a lag on the on yeah. the thing because of being Skype. So yeah. um, I'm just sort of no, no, just no. of no, there's space. No, no, there's nothing. Just no, that's no, just a acknowledgement. Uh, carry on. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing uh, the IYAF uh, for the second year in a row because I had a lot of fun last year doing it. Um, I'm doing a show called Every Room Becomes a Panic Room When You Overthink Enough. Um, I Yeah, I, I, it, it's a comedy show largely about anxiety and my relationship to sex and sexuality. So uh, I don't really know what else to say on it, really, at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think don't, want, don't want to give too much away, but well, it's it's partly that and partly because um, I I now have a we're recording this in uh, May, um, sort of early May, and uh, I just got a director on board, and um, he's very much shaping the the forwardness of the show, so it's sort of changing shape, and um, I'm very aware that. Anything I say now might be false advertising if I say anything else. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so is it when you come up? So you've got a name for the show. Do you when you kind of come up with the name or start thinking about the show? How much consideration goes into naming it before you actually start creating it? Um, it's a that's a good question because um, I. Okay, so ninety nine percent of the time. So with my with my first show, I had a really clear. I know what I want to do with the show, and so the title was easy to do. And then with the second show, I I, I write a lot of like silly tweets and things, and I put something on Facebook. Well, and I remember sort of underneath it commenting, "I might make this a show title," and it got loads of likes. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go with that as a show title because it's vague enough that it could be anything. But it's funny enough that it's just something funny, so people at least know it's comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with last year's show, um, I did a very similar thing. Um, and then with this year's show, um, it was part partly I felt it suited what I thought the show was, and I'm very aware that that might change because this director. Um, but also, um, I uh, it did really well on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, pro- the problem is that you have to register your show so early in the process of creating one yeah. that you don't always know sort of what to call it. All right, so, but, so it's kind of a, you make it and then hope, hope it somewhat still stands at the end. 
Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so, so, it's, so you said a bit about this, like your anxiety and sexuality and bits. Is that something you find important bringing across your own bits, your own life into your shows? Um. Yes, I I try not to. Um, I don't. I, there are some. There are some performers. Very few, but there are some performers who do really well in um, expressing mental health things and offer practical or useful solutions to certain issues. Um, I wouldn't say that I particularly offer any because because I think it's really hard to offer a, a sort of helpful solution in in terms of um comedy but i i think talking about anything that is um i, I don't want to say important because it, it is important to me but it's also like I, i'm aware in the current climate there are so many more topics to talk about um but i, I don't know I, I i think talking about it really helps me and i know from people who come to the show and come to other shows i get told that they they uh, they appreciate that someone's actually sort of um, making fun of it, but without sort of making fun of them. So like it's not it's not. Uh, I, I like to think that anything I do in that area isn't uh, m- mocking me or anyone who has that. It's it's sort of laughing at how ludicrous is it that you know. So sometimes I'll panic that I've sneezed and pissed off someone in a supermarket um, because I've spoken too loudly and it's not, you know, like just anything that sort of you've overthought too much and it's not, um, it doesn't need to be. So, yeah, that's a really bad example, but yeah. Yes, and it's useful to have, sometimes it does help having things because I know, I've forgotten the name of it, but I know that there was a, another show, a uh, theatre show at IAP, the festival last year that spoke to some of the people involved on the podcast and they said, after doing bits, some people that had watched it had said it had helped them as well. So I know it's sometimes different ways of talking about it does help the audience. Yeah. Well, well, talking about it's the only way of uh, of sort of getting getting it out of your system and and yeah. getting it out of your head in many ways. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you don't um, express it, it, it can magnify and become a bigger deal. Than it maybe needs to be. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily need to be a big deal because often it sometimes feels like it should. But um, by talking about it, you can very much reframe it as a, um, as a as a smaller issue, or at least a smaller issue in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, so as I said, you've already done the show, the um, festival once before. Kind of from that experience, how do you how do you find the festival, and do you find like the festival environments? differ from just shows and comedy th- places on their own? Um, well, so I did it uh, last year and um, clearly had a good time because I'm back. And, um, I, yeah, I really liked it. I, I really liked the, the stuff, the venue. I, I, I try and make as, as much as, a, as possible to chat to everyone in venues when I'm working there because I think, I think they're the unsung heroes of shows. Um, and and I do think too many performers overlook the value of the people that actually work at the spaces. Um, I uh, yeah, so I, and I and I and if I don't like the people at the venue, I I'll often go to somewhere else. And the Rose Theatre people were really lovely, 
um, last year and, and made me feel very much at home and um, really helped because uh, last year my room was sort of overheating a bit due to a, due to a, an issue with the, the cooling system in the room and they, they just they were outstanding um, so yeah that was great um, and and I really liked the vibe of the festival in general everyone who I spoke to who was there for a show either to watch or to take part um, like sort of knew knew at least enough of what the festival was about that they weren't just coming to watch anything they were there to kind of support um sort of youth arts and arts in general and um yeah it just, i don't know i just i just really liked it so so i, I thought I'd, uh, I'd see if they'll take me back and and thankfully um uh tom and petra uh are, are very kindly letting me back so yeah um as for uh what do you ask about comedy shows specifically yeah, or just kind of generally or do you find like festivals compared to th- shows that aren't like necessarily part of a festival venue that's not a bit like part of a festival yeah i so i personally prefer festivals to, to clubs at the moment i think um <laughs> there's uh an inherently interesting value to doing um, an idea for an hour rather than rather than jumping around very short jokes that you um, have that are just funny. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, lovely and funny, but there's like like we said before, there's this. I don't know. You could you could just do more. Um, where it, it feels very much like so when when you start in comedy, you sort of get five minute spots, and then you either get an eight or a ten minute spot depending on the city you're in, and going from five to ten. Largely, unless you're sort of doing, um, you know, just just you know, joke, 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 um, can structurally be a really interesting challenge. Um, and usually, the largest club bill is um, twenty to thirty minutes. So to go from twenty to thirty minutes to to fifty to an hour, you, it, a structurally you've got to you've got to make sure that uh, people's attention is still there because everyone's attention, including my own, is becoming increasingly uh shortened uh because of technology i imagine um and, and also just th- there's there's a lot more to it if you want to put the effort in to do it that way um i'm not saying you can't just do joke 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 you know um unconnected for an hour i've, I've got a few friends who do puns and things and and they do that very well um but yeah for, for me there's there's something really nice inherently in making a a, a structured piece of I want to say art, but that makes you sound like a wanker. Um, oh, oh, am I allowed to swear on this? I don't. It's too <laughs> late. You've done it now. Oh, sorry. I, I should have asked that before we started. Um, no. Yeah, I, 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 I think. Well, I think of comedy as an art form, so so it's it's hard um, not to refer to it as that. Yeah, I. I, th- I think there's. I think there's more than, and I think there's more that can be done with the medium that isn't being done at the moment. Um, same with podcasting. I think I think there's more flexibility in in things than uh, people give credit for, and I think I think we're in a really interesting place with festival gigs and, and comedy in general. So yeah, yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think it's kind of has a different when you're going into things like that. It's like as an audience member, it's a different atmosphere, and with what's going on, I think, I think that's part of what changes it. 
Well, I, tr- I try, I mean, I had this debate with someone last year, well, I had it two years ago, and I had it last year as a bigger row, which I didn't mean to make a row, um, was uh, I said that I think the pre-show music is part of the show. And they said, I don't agree with you. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, that's just, it's just noise. That they don't want silence. And I, and I said, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think it should and can be part of the show. And, um, you know, you can set a mood. We, I mean, we all know this. Like when you go driving and you listen to heavy metal music or heavy rock music, you drive more aggressively than if you're listening to classical music. You know, there's, there's all sorts of, um, studies that prove that and there's all sorts of studies that prove that uh radio stations and stuff need to you know watch what they're playing at certain times of the day so they don't you know amp up people driving home from work and all this sort of stuff so you know it does have an impact um and and i think uh when you've got control over that because at clubs you don't often get a choice what's going to be your walk-on song what's going to be played when you're you know getting set up or or when they're walking in or any of that sort of stuff and and yeah, festivals you can control that largely because it, you're doing everything which, which is a bit of a ball like but also it is a a yeah it's just, it's just a, a way of being creative and building a, a connection and atmosphere in a, in a space where you've got an idea that you want to share yeah it's certainly is a different thing and the same same with that with the music you can't necessarily make it the show great, but it can possibly, you know, make it bad going into it or we're in the people's mood before it started. Okay. Yeah, well. um, yeah no, I, I get what you mean. I, I I don't think I don't think music is a substitute for jokes and yeah. I don't think music is a substitute for... Yeah. Um, I've said that to a lot of musical people. Um, and, I, and I don't think... Uh, yeah, I think I think you still need to um, you you still you still need to be good. Yeah. But I think what make you great is the little extra details you come up with yeah. that show um, you have taken time to think about. You know uh, what music will be played here. What what uh, exit music they'll walk out to. What um, just anything, anything that, that, that controls the... I mean, making people laugh is an inherently manipulative thing to do because you're, you're basically trying to manipulate people's feelings to uh, be happy. And anything you can use that will increase that or make it easier for you when you're on stage or even just, um, just, just kind of uh, uh, new ways that you catch people off guard because that's largely what um laughter comes from is, is surprise so yeah i, I think uh, i think definitely there's there's a lot to be said in that area yeah but, um i think one of the things i know you also think dude and in city much beef is as well as doing com- the comedy shows you also do your own podcasts how do you find it do you find it a skill or do you find that there's a lot of carryover or um as in as in well, I've, uh, how you approach uh, it? So, po- podcasting. I would say I'm an accidental podcaster. I, I um, sort of needed a way to talk to someone influential, and I and they wouldn't meet me uh, when I when it was just me asking them to come and have a coffee. 
So I started a podcast because I thought I'd play to their ego and it worked. And I've carried on doing that um, where there are people in the comedy industry or there are people who, uh, you know, wouldn't ordinarily, I mean, they don't have time. Like if if everyone who emailed them and said, so basically my podcast is where I get like a TV commissioner or an agent or a producer on the show and we talk about how they've made their career, how they've made things work, how they've made the career of other customers. Um, and, and largely those people are really, like if they're good at what they do, they tend to be busy. Um, and so they don't have time to go and meet everyone who emails them and ask for a coffee. So I, I knew I needed a reason to, to, to get them to say yes. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically what I've been doing in that area um for for sort of i don't know four years um beyond that i've done other podcasts i've done i've done one uh called laughter is the best placebo which was about mental health um named after my second show um i've done i'm doing one at the moment called um the audio time capsule which is um where guests come on leave themselves 20 questions and then a year later come back on and answer them and uh then they interview themselves um, which I really love and thinks something a bit different in the podcast. Um, so, so yeah, um, I, I really love podcasts. I think there's a lot of creativity and I think my favorite part about it is that nobody ever says, well, as in there are no people saying no at the, at the distribution end, you know, guests can say no and often do, but you, you can make anything and put it straight out and no one ever you know, they, they, they can't say no. They, 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 you know, it goes online either way, um, whether it's good or bad. Um, and obviously it has its drawbacks, but I love that you can, um, you can make something and put it out the same day and, you know, potentially 7 billion people can hear it. Yeah, they can have so, so many different ideas you can do with it. And there isn't necessarily anything, beyond it just being an audio, there isn't many limitations in what you can do with it. Yeah, the only limitations come down to how much time you want to put in the edit. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I, I mean, I get it, because time is we're all going to die and all that stuff, but I, I think you get you get increasingly better at it if you... I mean, if I, I, I always look at it, if I'm going to do something more than once, I want to find a way of making it more efficient the next time. Yeah. Um, so, so with editing, I, I feel like I've got better, yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I've got quicker. Um, which is helpful, yeah. But I still want the quality to be this. Yeah, yeah. It's just pra- things like practice and doing it bits over and over again helps. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, it's a uh, what's this? The ten thousand hours for you? Yes. So, Zala, I think I'm still a bit far away from that with my podcast. This podcast, but <laughs> you'll get there. I believe in you. Yes, thank you. So um, I guess it kind of comes out, come towards the end now. So kind of the recording. So just kind of again, the point of mind people that you're here at the Roasted Kingston on the 14th of July. Show everyone, every room becomes a panic room when you overthink enough. At seven. Mm-hmm. At seven. Oh, seven p.m. Seven p.m. Start. Uh, Eight p.m. Finish. Unless it's going really well, which no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the last one. It's the last one of the festival, um, and uh, I really 
Uh, I really want to impress the festival anyway and have a, and have more num- have more people in than last year, but then that would have been the case anyway. But the fact that I'm sort of, um, as they put it in one email, headlining the festival, um, oh. I I, <laughs> I think it was a joke, but also it made me go, oh, crud, I'm the last show. So technically that is probably something that uh, it would look like on a, on a listing. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so do come down. Also, I'm really funny. Like, I mean, I'm biased, but I am really funny. And um, there's stuff online. So if you want to see what I do ahead of time, um, give me a Google. Yes. Are there any particular places they, that you can help find you on, like a website or Twitter or bits like that? I'm on, yeah, so tw- I'm, I'm on Twitter at This Made Me Cool. Um, I'm on YouTube. Um, just type Simon Kane in. You should, you know, there's, there's about 30 videos on there, and I'm about to put my first two recorded DVD shows up there. So by the time you Google me, one of them at least should be up because that should be going up in the next week. So that'll be a whole hour you can watch and you can get a vibe of what I do in an hour. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I, my podcast is, if you just type Simon Kane and you should be able to find it. Well, if you search for this, you should have come up on the same search. So yeah. Thank you very much for coming on and I hope all goes well with your show. No, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it.